Yesterday Today, bringing you the best of yesterday's radio today. I'm one of your hosts, Jake Westbrook, and with me is the illustrious McLean Westbrook. Illustrious? What'd you say that for? I just really, I needed an adjective, mostly. What made you choose illustrious? I thought it sounded nice. Anyway, uh, you're distracting us from the theme of the show. Uh, as I'm sure you're all well aware of, we are in the midst of Halloween weekend. Hollow weekend, if you prefer. I absolutely do not prefer that. That's... Don't ever say that again. Anyway, seeing as we're just mere days from the holiday, today we are presenting a proverbial plastic jack-o'-lantern full of Halloween treats for you in the form of some music and some uh, spooky old radio shows. So let's not beat around the haystack and get right into... Howdy, fellas! Ah, I was just wondering when Sydney was going to come in. We almost actually got the show started without you interrupting. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll try to be more on time next week. Hey, you want to help me with these grocery bags? Oh, just set them on the counter, I guess. Oh, okay. What are you up to now, huh? What 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 scheme are you concocting here? Oh, no, 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 no scheme. I'm I'm all out of schemes, gentlemen. I'm schemeless. I've retired from the scheme game. From now on, no more schemes, or antics, or even hijinks. Glad to hear it. Now, uh, what's all this stuff? Oh, the stuff I brought in? <laughs> it's the makings of a good old traditional down-home Halloween. Why, Sydney, you sound like a changed man. This is a different tone from last week when you rigged the entire building with jump scares. Well, I've now seen the error of my ways, and I'm looking to redeem myself, really. Oh, uh, error of your ways, huh? When, when did you, uh, when did you see that? Was it, was it when our producer was trying to kill you after falling for one of your little traps, or... Or was it when our producer actually tried to kill you after we opened the closet and was buried in a pile of your stuff? Eh, well, the latter. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, sure. I used to love the scare factor of Halloween. Ghosts, goblins, plague rats, all of that stuff. But now that I'm dating Maisie, uh, the producer's daughter for the listeners, <laughs> you're welcome, I realized I have to show maturity and restraint. I still think the booby traps and jump scares were a step up from you actually searching for ghosts in the building last year. Well, be that as it may, I aim to continue to improve. And so I've decided to really impress Maisie's father, our producer, what? I'm just trying to provide us possession. Anyway, I'm throwing a real old-fashioned Halloween bash here, you know. I- I'm talking donuts, hot apple cider, popcorn balls, all that cheesy old stuff they talk about on those radio shows you guys play. Do you even know the point of this show? Uh, something about radio or something, right? Well, Sydney, I, I must say, I-, I think you're onto something here with this old-fashioned Halloween idea. I See, I've always thought the modern-day aesthetic of gratuitous, you know, blood and guts and serial killers and all that junk, it's a bit... It's just tacky. It's a, it's a sad it's a sad result of our modern sentiments. Uh, I say yes. Bring back some of those old charms. I mean, you've I think you're right on the money on this one. Yeah, this is kind of up your alley, Jake. Since you're always talking about how Halloween used to be filled with pranks, like putting the mayor's the horse carriage on the roof for the city hall or whatever, or stealing the bell out of the tower, stuff like that. Hey, uh, do either of you know if we have a bucket that would work for, like, bobbing for apples, or, uh, you know, the only bucket I have is in my janitor's closet and it smells like ammonia. I suppose it wouldn't do to have people passing out while bobbing for apples. Uh, I think what you need, Sydney, is more like a tub or a trough. Hmm, guess I'll have to make a run to the store. When's the producer gonna be here? Oh, I, I think he said he was coming in later today, but, uh, actually, Sydney, if you want to stay here and work on stuff... Uh, I can go pick up the tub for you. I was just, I, I just remembered, 
I, I have some stuff I, I need to go buy. What do you need to go buy? Oh, just Halloween stuff. Don't you worry about it. Yeah, that works for me. I have a lot of stuff to do here anyway. I gotta figure out how to get popcorn into a ball. I'm, this just baffles me. Oh, I'm sure you can find the tutorial on the internet for that. Uh, hey, McLean, uh, will you introduce what we're playing while I run to the store? Yeah, sure. Uh, I just don't know what we're playing. What do you mean? It's just, it's just music. Uh, okay, folks, some Halloween-related music for you. I'll, I'll put this on. I'm going to the store. Hold down the fort. It's Halloween time. The time for leprechauns, banshees, pixies, and hobgoblins to hold their annual powwow. Yes, and the old witch rides through the skies on her broom. Not this year, Lena. This year she skips across the Mississippi. Downstairs just to check the lock. When I heard something in the house, I don't mean a mouse. I swear they were spooks, spooks, spooks. I know they were spooks, 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 spooks. I couldn't move, just stood and stare. I never was so scared. The first spook spoke and I heard him speak. He said, What's it? Go make the back door squeak. We'll tease the cat and hound the pup and 
raise our spirits up. Oh, Lord of them spooks, spooks, spooks. Those scary old spooks, 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 spooks. You don't have to take my word, but I heard what I heard. Next spook spoke, he said, s'pose we make the fossil start to drip and make the shutter shake. You let me know just what you want. This is my favorite haunt. Beware of them spooks, 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 them mischievous spooks, 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 spooks. I hate spooking, man, I mean that I've seen what I've seen. A big spook spoke, he said, Spike, my son. He said, I'll show you how to scare up some fun. But next time when you wail, see here, you make it loud and clear. Watch out for them spooks, spooks, spooks. Oh, those nasty old spooks, 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 spooks. Maybe you don't think it's so, but I know what I know. The last spook turned to his spouse and frowned. Said, I thought I told you to wait in the ground. But you look awful cute tonight. In fact, you look afraid. <laughs> He's talking about spooks, spooks, spooks. Real genuine spooks, 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 spooks. No, you stop putting up your dukes. You just can't fight them spooks. Cutting out of here, man. I don't dig this job. No. Wait for us, wait for us, wait for us, wait for us. Well, let me tell you how. If your path at midnight dark by a graveyard goes and someone whistles, that's Mysterious Mose. On some dark and stormy night when the tempest blows, if someone whistles, say that's Mysterious Mose. Ah, he sees all, he knows all, he gets in everywhere. And some night, why, he might wait for you beside the stairs. So when you're going down the cellar, Walk upon your toes if someone whistles. Oh, that's mysterious mode.
There's a yodel in the air yet. There ain't nobody there. It must be a ghost. A yodel and ghost. It's a Santa man I'll call yet. There's no one there at all. It must be a ghost. The yodel and ghost. It all began when a Swiss was shown the door by a miss. He told her he would haunt her. He disappeared in the snows, and every villager knows. He yodels and yodels and yodels and yodels to taunt her. La doodle doodle Hear it echo in the night, though. There ain't a soul in sight. It's only that most harmonious ghost. There's a yodel in the air, yet there ain't nobody there. It must be a ghost, a yodel and ghost. La doodle doodle It's a Santa man will call, yet there's no one there at all. It must be the ghost, the yodel and ghost. It all began when a Swiss was shown the door by a miss. He told her he would haunt her. He disappeared in the snows, and every villager knows. He yodels and yodels and yodels and yodels to taunt her. La la doodle la doodle There's a yodel in the air yet. There ain't nobody there. It must be a ghost. A yodeling ghost. A yodeling ghost. La doodle A yodeling ghost. Gentlemen, do you realize how this holiday came about? When it all started? Why it exists? Well, we're about to tell you. It ain't no fairy tale, but it's grim. Once upon a time in the long, long ago, man's courage was high, but his spirit was low. People grew tired of all work and no play. They felt the need of a jolly holiday. Then along came Christmas, along came Easter, along came Fourth of July. Then along came a man by the name of Berlin, who took every holiday that ever has been. He wrote about Christmas. He wrote about Easter. He wrote about the Fourth of July. His mind was fertile and his pen was keen. 
But he never wrote a word about Halloween. a darn if your face is false. Jump on your broom like a witch. Go and toss all your gloom in the ditch. Go out on the street for a trick or a treat. You're a cinch to strike it rich. Halloween, Halloween, all other holidays fall between. The night of all hallows, so light up the tallow and make it a bright Halloween. Owls and bats, howls from cats May scare the buttons right off your spats We'll now go dramatic with ghosts from the attic And make it a bright Halloween Did his dance. Now, Goblin giggled with fiendish glee. A shout rang out from a big banshee. Amazed was every ghostly glance. When Skelton in the closet started to dance, all the witches were stitches while his steps made rhythmic thumps. And they nearly dropped the broomsticks when he tried to do the bumps. You've never heard such unearthly laughter or such hilarious groans when Skelton in the closet ran his bones.
are in stitches While the steps made rhythmic thumbs And they nearly dropped their broomsticks When he tried to do the bumps You never heard such unearthly laughter Or such hilarious words When that skeleton in that closet grabbed his bones I've got a friend who's big and round and oh so jolly gee whiz Lend me your ear and you will hear Just who this fellow is He's Punky Punkin the Happy Pumpkin Happy all the day And his great big smile will scare your cares away Punky Punkin the Happy Pumpkin Never wears a frown You can see that he's cut out to be a clown the candlelight inside him makes his eyes light up and gleam They shine right through the window at you for a hep, hep, happy Halloween Punky Pumpkin's a happy pumpkin and do you know why? Cause he's a jack-o'-lantern instead of being a pumpkin pie cut out to be a clown the candlelight inside him makes his eyes light up and gleam they shine right through the window at you for a hap hap happy halloween punky pumpkin's a happy pumpkin and do you know why cause he's a jack-o'-lantern instead of being a pumpkin Welcome back to Yesterday Today. Uh, you'll have to forgive us as things are slightly disorganized at the moment here. Jake seems to not be back from his mid-show shopping trip. Hey, where's Jake with the apple bobbing stuff? I, I need that tub pronto. Well, Cindy, I was just telling our audience that Jake isn't back yet. Not, not back yet? It's been a half hour. Where, where could he possibly be? I don't, I don't know. He said he had some other things to pick up. Uh... You seem a little more stressed about this than you have to be. Oh, I'm, I'm just trying to make this a folksy, down-home, old-fashioned Halloween. You, you, you can't have a folksy, down-home, old-fashioned Halloween without bobbing for apples. You can't bob for apples without a, without a tub or a bucket or something. I, I'm i sorry, my, my nerves are on edge right now. I, I'm just trying well, to... Here, we can call Jake or something and find out where he is. Oh, no need, McLean. I'm right here. Ah, there you are. I've been worried sick. Ah, uh, don't get too wound up, Sydney. I was just, uh, 
picking up some Halloween supplies of my own. I was gonna say, what's what's all the junk you're carrying? Sydney Brown bags of groceries. You've got... Are those plastic lawn flamingos? Oh, you bet they are, buddy. Yep. Why? <sighs> Never mind, Bab. Where's my apple bobbing tub? You didn't forget it, did you? Did you? Oh, uh, you know what? I think I did. I did forget to get that. You what? Jake, how could you do that? Don't you realize how valuable apple bobbing is to a good old-fashioned Halloween party? How vital it is to the, to the festive season? I think of the poor farmer that has to grow those apples in the first place. Nobody's going to buy apples in bulk just to eat them. They're going to buy them for bobbing. If there was no apple bobbing, farmers wouldn't be able to sell apples. The bank would foreclose on their orchard. They'd have to move into a cheap apartment in the city. Think about it. Apartments getting built on every street corner in the city to house all the hard-working blue call the citizens that you forced into bankruptcy. Uh, no, I, I meant I forgot it. It's it's in the car. I forgot to bring it in. Oh. Well, thanks a bunch. I'll, I'll run out and grab that. <laughs> Be right back. Anyway, Jake, what is all this? You bought flamingos, three cartons of eggs, and five dozen rolls of toilet paper? You're not hoarding toilet paper, are you? Ah, no. Actually, I'm, I'm giving all this stuff away. <laughs> sort of. Jake, are you... Gonna go around TPing people's houses and egging their cars. And flocking their yards. That's what the flamingos are for. Flocking their yards. <sighs> well, I got the tub out of the car, but I was nearly attacked by some creature out there. It looked like a bear or something. I don't know. I, I didn't really see it all that well. It just it just kind of charged me. Uh, Sydney, that's just old Mabel. She, she ain't, she's not gonna hurt you. Old Mabel, what is going on? Old, old Mabel, oh, she's a milk cow. That's, <laughs> that's what took me so long, actually. I had to drive out to Virgil's farm and ask him to borrow one of his cows, so he lent me old Mabel. It was a heck of a time trying to get her to fit in the back seat. <laughs> oh, you guys are weird. Anyway, if you need me, I'll be in the break room. Sydney mistaking a cow for a bear aside, could I ask, uh, just what on earth did you need a cow for? Oh, McLean, McLean. Young, sweet, innocent McLean. You don't seem to realize what's going on here, do you? I completely agree. I have no idea what's going on. You see, Sydney wanted a good old-fashioned Halloween, which I'm all for, as I said. But as you know, no good old-fashioned Halloween is complete without pulling some pranks. Not the modern-day juvenile type of prank, you understand. I'm firmly against that. I'm talking about the kind of pranks people tell stories about years later, the kind that take weeks of preparation, the, the sort of things that, that wind up in the newspaper and end up in local museums. I see. Well, I get the idea of toilet paper, eggs, and flamingos, but I have to say I still don't understand what sort of prank you're going to pull with the uh, old Mabel. Oh, you're just so naive about these things, McLean. Listen, the toilet paper, eggs, and flamingos, they're diversions. This, that, not, not the real prank there. The cow. That's what it's all about. You, you don't even know the first rule of all great pranks, McLean. And just what is the first rule of pranks? If at all possible, involve a cow. And I intend to do just that. I have a lot of questions, but for starters, does Virgil know you borrowed his cow to use for a prank? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was all for it. Uh, he Actually, he said it was high time somebody brought back the good old days of Halloween. In fact, he lent me Mabel specifically because she's apparently a good sport about these types of things. A good sport, right. And just what are you planning to do with Mabel? Uh, I'm not entirely sure yet. Uh, the inspiration for this will strike me suddenly at some point, I assume. So any moment now, it's, it's going to come to me. 
Howdy, folks. Sorry I'm late. Ah, producer. Hey, do you chocolates know that there's a bear outside? Jake, just what does Mabel look like anyway? She looks perfectly normal. I... Apparently she looks like a bear. Well, it's getting dark outside, so... You guys seem awfully cavalier about this bear situation. It's not actually a bear, it's just a... <laughs> Inspiration. Just hit me. What's that? Oh, he, he said, uh, uh, you don't have to worry about that bear. The the fish and game department is coming to take care of it. Probably just wandering into town, you know. Bears will do that. Hey, uh, did you know about Sydney's little Halloween party there in the break room? Whoa, whoa, I ain't participating in any more of that little ghoul's Halloween shenanigans. He nearly killed me last week with those little pranks of his, and I won't- uh, No, 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 this is, this is an old-fashioned sort of party. He's got popcorn balls, apple bobbing, fresh cider. Fresh cider, you say? Yep. Fascinating. Well, you know, maybe I could give the little demon another chance. You mooses need anything from me. Nope. Go right ahead and get your fill of cider. Well, if you insist. Alright, that'll have him distracted. Now I'm gonna go set up perhaps my greatest prank yet. And what am I supposed to do? Oh, uh, you can set up these flamingos on the university president's front lawn. I was gonna do that anyway, so you'll just save me some time there. I mean the show, Jake. Oh, right! Sorry about that. Uh, next up on the show, we have a, a, a few a few short things uh, in a row. Uh, first is a clip from the Bob Hope Show about Halloween. And then I have two episodes, sort of episodes, of the classic old-time radio horror show, Lights Out, written by Arch Obler. Now, I say sort of. The transcription discs were lost. The, the episodes were from 1937, and somewhere along the way, the copies were lost. But when they were putting out a special collection of old-time radio stuff on vinyl, I believe in the 60s or 70s, you can fact-check me on that. I'm not entirely sure. It might have been the 50s. They re-recorded these two episodes just because they were classics. And so they're, they're shorter than a regular show would have been. But it's still the same the same show. So here's, uh, so here's that. Bob Hope and Lights Out. Now, uh, here, you can take the flamingos and I gotta go. Jake, I'm not gonna go... Well, maybe... Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Here I am again for Halloween, which means tonight is gate night. Our front gate is an old rickety thing, so I put a sign on it, help yourself, and the kids did. They stole the front door. <laughs> but it's been a great day. For a joke, I wore a black mask around the halls of NBC this afternoon, and the first person I met was my sponsor. He handed me his money. I said, I'm not a hold-up man, I'm Bob Hope. He said, keep it anyway, you might as well steal it from me direct. <laughs> We always celebrated Halloween when I was a kid. In fact, with our family, it was practically a year-round deal. <laughs> we couldn't afford costumes, so on Halloween, us kids just wore sheets. In fact, we were so poor the rest of the year, we wore pillowcases. <laughs> That's why I occasionally start laughing at nothing at all. I've still got a feather somewhere I can't find. <laughs> is a wonderful time and I can't help but remember what a terrific party we had at my house last year. Everybody came to the party. Cary Grant drove up. Bing Crosby drove in. (laughs) 
And the musicians brought their girls. What girls? They all look like test pilots from a broom factory. <laughs> None of them had any teeth, but the trombone player's girl was prettier than the rest. She had lips. <laughs> we played all the Halloween games, but the drummer's girl wouldn't duck for apples. She had such big buck teeth, she nodded for watermelons. <laughs> We played a lot of games. There was one where the fellas stuck their heads in a pail of water until some girl pulled them out and kissed them. Bill Holden was pulled out by Betty Grable. Jimmy Stewart was pulled out by Ava Gardner. And I was pulled out by the pull motor squad of the Toluca Lake Fire Department. <laughs> Toward midnight, things got rather gay. I don't know how much liquor was drunk, but at five in the morning, Ralph Edwards dropped in and told everyone the story of their life so they could find their way home. <laughs> And I was really lucky after this party. When I looked my house over the next morning, there wasn't a bit of damage. I have a ranch-style house I built along the Los Angeles River, and that's exactly how I found it the next morning, along the Los Angeles River. <laughs> of old man Satan. Now, why don't you stop your hesitating? You're gonna be a long time dead, so the devil with the devil says I. You're always giving me the dickens, telling me that life's no easy pickings. But just as long as I have fun, why the devil with the devil says I. You can have your social teas and bingo for your fun. But the things I like to do, you stop me one by one. Now even if you make me stronger, that ain't gonna make me live no longer. So even if I go to... Do you remember some time ago in an Eastern scientific institution, they kept a piece of heart alive for weeks on end? Well, I got to thinking, what if that heart began to grow? And grow, and grow, and grow? Hello? Hello, operator, give me Mr. Regan, fast. Hello, Mr. Regan, this is Lewis. Listen, get me a rewrite, man. The thing's still growing. No, Chief, I tell you the truth. The corridor's choked with living, crawling flesh. No, 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 I'm not drunk. I'm telling you the truth. That little piece of flesh has grown until now. It's jamming that building. All inside the space of an hour. You've got to believe me. It's the greatest news story of the generation, and here you argue with me. I tell you, it's the truth. You've got to believe you me. You must believe me. I tell you, the only hope is to burn the building to the ground at once. Now, wait a minute, Doc. Wait a minute. Take it easy. I tell you, burn it to the ground. Burn. And I tell you, take it easy. I sent in a call. Oh, don't you understand? For some reason, I cannot even imagine. This tissue is doubling in size every hour. Do you know what that means? 
in another hour, it will be twice the size it is now. And long before that, it will break open the building with the force of its pressure. And then it will be free in the street. Do you hear me? Free in the street. And then those, those tentacles of protoplasm stretching out to feed on anything they can reach. What's happening? See the See the walls. Dragging. I want you. I want you. realizes more than I do the necessity of immediate action in curbing this unspeakable, unbelievable emergency. And I assure you that I... Cut the speeches, Mac! That blasted thing is spreading like a forest fire! Call the governor! Get the National Guard out! Wait, wait! Wait, 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 please, wait! Here is Dr. Alberts of the Research Institute. Let him speak! Step up here, doctor. Do something. Gentlemen, it was in my institute this horror began. And if you give me a chance, perhaps I can stop it. What is it, Doctor? Tell us first what that monster really is. Yes. Yes, I will tell you. That great, ever-growing mass of flesh, it is, or it was, a chicken heart. Chicken heart? Are you crazy, man? Yes, yes, chicken heart, I tell you. Chicken heart. Listen to me, you fool. This has this man. I tell you, that mass of flesh was a chicken heart, the tissue of which, for some reason, is undergoing constant, rapid, accelerating growth. With every passing hour, its growth is doubling. Do you know what that means? If it is now one block in size, within 30 hours, that cannibal flesh will have increased in size to one square block to the 30th power. In 30 hours, every inch of this whole city will be crushed under that moving flesh. Within 60 hours, it will have covered the entire state. Within two weeks, the entire United States. You ask for the National Guard. I say, call out the entire army. Blast this thing off the earth. Ready, Keith? Cuppers are ready. All hoses coupled up. We'll flood that thing with water from all angles. All right, here's the signal. Open them up! Full blast! Keith, look out! That flash! It's reaching out! Get back, everybody! Everybody, back! The fools, what good is water? I told them. The only hope is artillery. Bombs. All National Guardsmen, report to your armories. All National Guardsmen, report to your armories. General mobilization order. Battery in position, sir. Commence firing on the hour. Yes, sir. Ten. Five. Five. Zero. Commence firing! Fire! Useless. It has grown too large, and it grows too quickly. The flesh is already engulfing the guns. They came too late. You all right now, Dr. Alberts? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes, I'm all right, Mr. Lynch. I'm all right. Well, I sure am glad I located you. I stalled as long as I could, another ten minutes, and we couldn't have taken off. That blasted protoplasm, or whatever it is, was sucking at the wheels by the time we left the ground. Yes, as I saw. Five thousand feet. Well, we'll cruise around up here for a few minutes, and then head west. It will do no good. You can't mean it. It, it must stop growing sometime. It must. Look at it down there. The gray blankets of evil covering everything. See how the roads are black with men and women and their children running for their lives. See how the protoplasmic gray reaches out and engulfs them. See Stop how... it! Stop talking like that. We'll get away. The government, they'll send bombing planes, poison gas. No, hold. Listen to me, Lewis. You remember only a handful of days ago, you asked me my prophecy of the end of the earth? You remember my answer? Oh, such a scholarly prophecy. Cessation of earth rotation. Mighty-sounding astronomical theories. But now, this is reality, Lewis. The end has come for humanity. Not in the red of atomic fusion. Not in the glory of interstellar combustion. Not in the peace of white, cold silence. But with that, that creeping, grasping flesh below us. <laughs> it is a joke, eh, hey, Lewis? A great no. joke. The joke of the I... cosmos. The end no. of mankind. Why? Because of a chicken's heart. No. No, we won't die. I can't die. I'll find a safe landing somewhere. I'll find a place. The motor, it's cut out. We're in a spin. I can't get out of it. I told you. Doomed. No. No. All mankind. Doomed. No. We're falling right into it. Into the heart. Here, I'm a doctor. <laughs> hey, look. In the corner. This I gotta see. 
Lady, I'm a doctor from General Hospital. Now, what's the matter? She is screwy, all right, ain't she? Frightened. Now, Doc, wait. Where are you going? Can't get it open. What do you want to go in there for? Can't get this open. Whoever is hurt must be in there. Blasted dog. Come on, we'll break it down. But the woman. Forget the woman. Come on, put your shoulder to it. Go on back in the other room and get that kerosene lamp. (laughs) Hey, Doc. The lamp. Okay. Hold it high. Yeah? (gasps) Oh, mother in heaven. On the floor. What is it? It's a man. Oh, no. Yes, it's a man. A man. And he's been turned inside out. Inside out? Yes. See for yourself. It's a man. But the skin is the inside. The raw flesh is the outside. A man turned inside out. Like you turn a glove inside. It's alive. It's alive. It's trying to get up. No, no. Trying to get up, I tell you. Trying to move. Sam, pull that light high. Watch. Look at it. Rolling over. Stop it. Trying to get up. Stop that. Trying to get up on his knees. Doc, make it stop. Kill it. Do something. Man can't live inside. Hysterical old woman. That's what you are. Now you stand there and shut up. Look. There's another door. Yeah. Open. The answer might be in there. Doc, don't we? The lantern. Gotta... Bring it. Gee, Doc, why can't we just go? Hold it high. Doc, what? Don't move. There's, there's no floor in there. I, I don't see nothing. Nothing but dark. Well, look. That dark sort of spills over on the edges. Huh? Look, I tell you. It's a deeper dark than dark. Something moving in there. Doc, close the door. No, no, wait. Then I'll close it. Oh, you fool, open that door. I've got to see what... He's coming in here. Come on, Doc. Let's get out of here. No, Sam, I'm going to find out what this is all about. All my life, things have been what they've been. I'm going to know all about this. Please, Doc, please, let's get out of here. Woman, if you know anything, tell me. What was it we saw back of that door where the floor should have been? Do you know? She, she's going to the door. She's going to open it. Yes. Oh, Doc, will you listen to me? Let's get out of no, here. No, now wait. She's just standing there, looking in at the dark. Yeah. Doc, what's that coming up out of the hole in the floor? The dark. It's like... Like black smoke. Listen to it. (laughs) It's reaching up to her. Yes. What is it? Smoke? Black? What? Crawling up around her. (laughs) 
tiger. No. Inside out. It, it turned her inside out. Sam. Sam, get up. Sam, open your eyes. The shadows are crawling along the floor toward us. Come on, Sam. Come on. You're... Sam, you're... Oh, you're too heavy. I can't lift you. Sam, you've got to hear me. The shadows are crawling toward me along the floor. I can't leave you. You saw what they did to her. Look at her. Inside out. A woman inside out. Oh, Sam. I'll drag you out of here. Oh, you're so heavy. They're coming faster and faster. Like long black fingers. Yeah, my legs. Let go of me. Sam, I can't help you to holding me back. The black. It's covering you. Sam! Uh, no. No, you... You thing, whatever you want, get off me. Stop covering me. I've got to get out of here. I've got to tell them all about you. I've got to tell everyone there's something like you loose in the world. Got to warn everybody. Get off me. Covering me over. My head. Uh, my face. The go. My face. My mouth. The go. Welcome back to Yesterday Today, folks. I'll try not to sound too smug as I'm doing the outro right now, but I did just pull off perhaps the greatest prank of my entire pranking career. Yeah, I'm filled with equal parts fear and morbid curiosity about your master prank, whatever it is. Would you really like to know, McLean? Would you really like to know? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Get this. I went outside... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Try to contain yourself. And, and I, I went outside to the producer's car, right? I used Sydney's janitor toolkit, and I sort of uh, deconstructed it, if you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. Uh, I, I, I took off a couple, you know, important pieces. The hubcaps, spark plugs, the tires, the rearview mirror, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Great. Uh, dare I ask how Mabel the cow factors into this? Oh, that's the best part. Under the windshield wiper, I included a map showing all the places around town where I buried the parts to his car. And I wrote, if you want to find the parts to your car, you have to ride Mabel the cow to get to them. Jake, let's talk proportions. I thought you wanted to do a harmless little prank. I think this counts as more like a borderline psychotic behavior. No, 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 no. Hey, I didn't tell you about the best part. The pieces to the car are all on the roof of this building. He'll be riding around on a cow for nothing. 
Jake, you could have at least picked someone with a better sense of humor for this prank. Our producer is liable to lose his... You know what, Sydney? We've had our differences in the past. But I must say, you certainly make one mean apple cider. Yeah, thank you, sir. What's the recipe for this stuff, anyway? Oh, it's an old Snodhaw family recipe. Before you make the cider, you have to soak the apples in rubbing alcohol for a week. Delightful. Well, if you don't mind, pour me another glass, Sydney. I just realized I left my cell phone in my car. I'm gonna go out and grab it. Can't call my bookie without it. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? You two done with that little show of yours. <laughs> we sure are. Hey, you going out to your car? I sure am. Well, uh, let us know if anything unusual is up. <laughs> you know, I think he's really starting to come around to me. Granted, the cider probably helped. Jake, I'm telling you, this was a bad idea. Uh, oh, it's a harmless little joke, McLean. Jake, you need to go out there and stop that little prank of yours before the producer <laughs> loses... B before he what? It's it's fine. No big deal. No no big... Sydney Snorthoff, this is the last day of your life. <laughs> You better forget about Halloween and start focusing on the Day of the Dead, because that's what you're going to be. You can't demolish my beautiful 1978 Ford Pino and get away with it. The man and I ride a cow all over town. But, 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 but I didn't... Uh, uh, <coughs> actually, that... No, no, you got it all wrong. I that, that, was, that was me. Oh, no, you're not covering for this little plague rat. Sydney was the one talking about good old-fashioned Halloween pranks. Sydney is the one that's been trying to make my life miserable, and Sydney is the one who left his toolbox out in the parking lot after he took apart my car. Sydney is the one I'm gonna murder. <laughs> I hope you're as good at dodging apples as you are bobbing for them, Sydney. No, no, this one's no, coming no, no, for your cranium. Jake, you caused this. Are you gonna go out there and stop him before he kills Sydney? Yeah, yeah, I'll explain the whole thing after he gets tired out from chasing Sydney. You're lucky Sydney is faster than him. If you want more of Yesterday Today, uh, visit KISU.org or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. I don't know how many more holiday specials I can take. The Columbia Broadcasting System and affiliated stations present Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the air. All the kids in the block will be ringing the doorbell and hollering trick or treat, and I'll be ready for them. My gosh, Halloween sure is quiet nowadays compared to what it was when I was a kid back in Peoria. Yes. Yeah. Stop complaining in rhythm and help me get into my Halloween costume. The gang will be here any minute. We take you now to Grover's Mills, New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Carl Phillips again, out at the Wilmot Farm, Grover's Mill, New Jersey. The ghost that walks in the old McAdams house. Dressed like a ghost and got a Frankenstein mask on. I didn't know Halloween meant so much to you. Linda, okay, shape. Nothing's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is terrific. Can I have something to eat? I've got donuts and cider. That's all you're supposed to have on Halloween. Wait a minute, something's happening. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. Ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast from Grover's Mill. I'll take you out, take a treat myself for a while. Ghost? A real ghost, I mean? No, I don't know. A spooky old house with a moon shining through the broken...
imagine you see some pretty strange things. Hiya, Jackson. Hello, everybody. Oh, hello, Bill. Hi. Hi. Glad you got here. Listen, fellas, if you think you can scare people anymore, you're kidding yourself. Now, I'll tell you what, kid. First, we'll go across the lawn to Ronald Coleman's house and put the white paint on the door now, see? Then we'll ring the bell, and when he comes out, we'll run like a ticket. Warning. Getting so tough now, practically every member of the National Association of Hobgoblins, Ghosts, and Witches, you know what they've done? They've given up Halloween. See the courageous Hansi as he strides firmly across the porch, chin up, flashlight swinging at his side. Those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmland tonight are the vanguard of an invading army from the planet Mars. It's about time to close shop tonight before locking the door. I want to thank Boris Karloff, Victor Moore, for being with us. This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen. Out of character to assure you that the war of the world has no further significance than as the holiday offering it was intended to be. The Mercury Theater's own radio version of dressing up in a sheet and jumping out of a bush and saying boo.